I'm going to ask this next person these same questions. Let's go to the North Armstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and bring in Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. She is, of course, the beat reporter uh, at Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Garrett. How you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, we've been uh, trying to break down and, and kind of decipher and decode what's going to happen uh, in terms of the Browns and the roster moves. First of all, who do you think uh, Kevin Stefanski is talking about in code when he says you just got to wait and see which starters are going to play? Do you think any? Uh, who do you think plays? You know, besides Baker Mayfield, um, which we we believe he will play. Who do you think is going to um, be out there as a starter um, and, and doing that that type of stuff? Well, first of all, if you're going to put Baker Mayfield out there, you're going to protect him with at least most of his offensive line. So I would expect that most of the offensive linemen will be out there, although J.C. Treader didn't practice this week uh, much at all, if any. Uh, so I, I think that he, you know, there's a chance that Nick Harris could be in there instead of J.C. Treader. Uh, but I think most of the other guys will probably be out there on the offensive line. Then you want to give Baker Mayfield some really nice weapons. Uh, so you might see some of Jarvis Landry. Uh, you'll see Donovan Peoples-Jones. Kaderil Hodge, Richard Higgins. Well, Richard, actually, I'm going to take that back. Richard has been out the past two days with, uh, he wore a wrap on his leg one of the days. So there's a chance he might not play. Anthony Schwartz, uh, you know, it would be nice to see what he can do against some live action. He hasn't practiced much with the hamstring, but he started to get in there a little bit this week in some team drills. So they might want to throw him out there. Uh, for at least a few reps. So these are some of the people that you'll see. You know, you'll see David Njoku, Austin Hooper. Uh, for a couple of series, I think you'll see most of the first-team offense. All right. So we might get to see those guys. Uh, so we, you, you, do you believe um, Nick Hunt and or, – or excuse me, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, do you think both of those guys uh, will get some playing time uh, in this game as well? Well, you know, that's a really good question. If, if they want to preserve Nick Chubb and, and make sure that he stays – super, super healthy and not risk anything with him, then they could jo just go with Kareem. I could see them doing something like that. Uh, but, you know, but there's a chance that they'll get Nick out there too and let him experience, you know, just the full live action and tackling to the ground and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and so this is – this really breaks down. Um, there's three position groups. Actually, four. Um, you know, to me, the, the tightest, you know, position group uh, is the wide receivers and the running backs – when you look at this, um, how are they going? How is Demetric Felton, um, with him being a slash guy, wide receiver slash running back, how does that affect uh, the, the wide receiver and running back rooms? Uh, you know, are they going to? Is his roster spot depending on Dearness Johnson? I thought I think there are, a lot of people think Dearness Johnson is going to make that squad, but how is his numbers going to affect? Uh, you know, in terms of who they keep at receiver and who they keep at running back. Well, first of all, let me just say this right off the bat, and I wrote this yesterday, too, because I keep hearing people speculate that maybe Demetric Felton might not make the 53. That's not going to happen. He is making the 53. You don't go out and find a gem like that in the sixth round and then expose him to waivers and let somebody else benefit from all the great work that you've done to try to find somebody like that that late in the draft. Uh, you know, some people might not have been able to figure out quite exactly what to do with him, and those guys have a tendency to fall. But I, I find him to be this year's Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, just somebody that you go out there and grab as a steal in the sixth round. So he is making the football team. Let's make no mistake about that. 
Now, that impacts other positions because, as you mentioned, what does that do about Dearness Johnson? And what does that mean for Kadero Hodge? It, it could mean something. Uh, he can fulfill both the sixth wide receiver spot and the third running back spot. So then they have some decisions to make. And let's also be clear about this. The first 53-man roster that you see is not going to be uh, the one that you see two days later because the back end of that roster is going to change sometimes quite significantly over the next two days. So if you see a guy, you know, that you couldn't, you can't believe he's gone, well, he could be back in two days. So uh, either on the practice squad or the regular roster after they put some guys perhaps on IR and designate them for return. So um, I would say that a guy like Kadero Hodge, this is a big game for him to go out and prove hey, you know what, you guys need me as the sixth receiver and as a special teamer. And, and the same thing for Dearness Johnson. I can tell you Stump Mitchell loves Dearness Johnson, and they, he doesn't want to let him go. And I'm sure that Mike Prefer loves Dearness Johnson, and he's a good football player. So, you know, I think they'll try to keep him around. might not be easy. Um, but, again, these are some of the, the decisions they have to make. Moving along, uh, and, and it's hard to move along because, I mean, that, that – you know, you look at a guy like JoJo Natson, um, Jamarcus Bradley. Um, JoJo Natson was here as, you know, one of the guys who they thought they were going to be playing special teams uh, as far as a returner and, and some things like that. But you have Anthony Schwartz on, on the team. You drafted him um, fairly high in, in the third round. You you also have Demetric Felton, who can return kicks and do some of those same things on the special teams as well. Do you think that um, the, the writing is a little bit on the wall for uh, JoJo Natson in terms of, hey, he, he might not be on this roster? Well, he's definitely a bubble guy. Okay, so we are talking about the bubble guys, the Kadero Hodges, the JoJo Natsons, and the Dearness Johnson. They are bubble guys. These are guys that they're going to have to really have some thoughtful conversation about over the next couple of days uh, and how they want to shape this roster. But once again... You know, some of the guys that they let walk out the door are going to go play football for someone else. They have to let some good football players go. And unfortunately, JoJo Natson could be one of those. But once again, you know, if they can find a way to keep him around, at least in the early going, I think they'd like to try to do that. He can be a dynamic returner. Uh, you can use him on some of those jet sweeps. Now, Anthony Schwartz, if he gets back and rolling the way that they hope he does, he can fulfill some of those roles as well. But, yeah, JoJo Nassin is somebody that they'll be sad if they have to cut him because they, they really like what he can do. Um, moving a little bit, before we, we transition to the defensive front, uh, let's talk about the fullbacks and, and kind of H-backs. Uh, you got uh, Andy Janovich and uh, Johnny Stanton. Um, are the Browns in any position to potentially uh, keep both of those guys? Um, and if so – uh, they, you know, will they kind of move them as like a fourth tight end almost a little bit uh, in case they want to keep one of those guys or both of those guys? You know, I, I think it would be hard to keep both of those guys. But as you mentioned, if you can keep Johnny Stanton around as that fourth tight end, then you can justify it. Otherwise, it might be a little difficult to do that with both of them. So it, that's going to be another area where they're going to have to try to really think hard and figure out what makes the most sense for them. In a perfect world, they'd like to keep both. Not sure they can afford to do it, but once again, when you have a Demetric Felton that can play two roles, 
uh, and that kind of saves you a little bit of a roster spot there, you know, you might be able to do some creative moving around of the chess pieces. Uh, talking to Mary Kay Cabin on the North Thumb, said Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, Brown's coming up this weekend. Big game for some of the bubble guys, some of the roster guys that uh, may not, uh, you know, have a guaranteed spot yet against the Falcons coming up on Sunday. Uh, l- let's get into the defensive front. Um, to me, I think this is this sneakily might be one of the most difficult positions to kind of figure out, especially when you're talking about defensive linemen. Uh, you know, is there a situation um, where I don't know if they keep – what is the target amount of guys that they're going to keep up there up front? Um, is it going to be eight? Is it going to be nine uh, defensive tackles or defensive ends? What What is the number they're – the magic number they're trying to get to on that 53, uh, Mary Kay? Well, you know, I, I would say it's it would be tough to keep it to eight. Um, I mean, I, in a perfect world, you'd like to try to do that. Um, there are so many good defensive linemen Man. that I look at that, especially at the surplus at the defensive tackle spot, and I wonder how they are going to play the numbers game. There are so many good, young, developmental defensive tackles on this football team. And, you know, you, again, you go through so much uh, trouble to, to find these guys and develop them, you're not going to want to let them go. I mean, you've got behind Andrew Billings and Malik Jackson, you've got Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, who was a third-round pick last year. You know, you, you've got uh, Marvin Wilson, who you kind of had to outbid people for in, you know, as an undrafted rookie. You've got Malik McDowell, who is showing that, you know, he is worth a little bit more time and investment. Uh, you've got Sheldon Day, who's doing some really nice things. So there are going to be tough decisions on these defensive linemen, and I don't know how they're going to uh, find a way to keep some of the best guys. Uh, you know, that's going to be, in my mind, one of the things where there, somebody's going to have to start jumping on the table for some of these players and say, we, you know, we can't do without them. Uh, in terms of one guy, I think he's going to make the team just by the way they, they continue to talk about him is Tack McKinley um, because of what he can bring as far as his quick twitch and burst and so he can rush the passer, and, and they were looking at him as one of their big signings. Um, in terms of Tack McKinley, do we kind of know uh, what, what, what went down with him? Um, is he going to be able to play? Is he one of those guys that are going to be able to play? Are they worried about his conditioning? What's the situation with Tack McKinley and, and pretty much missing all of camp? And do you think you will see significant playing time for him against uh, the Falcons coming back to his old team? Well, you know, the Browns have been very mum on Tack McKinley. When a player is going through a personal issue and you know they and and nobody really knows what it is yet it's really up to the player to decide how much he wants to share about that it's something that the team is not going to get into with people i've watched tack closely the past few days he's so fast off the ball i mean he really is i I can exactly 100 percent see where they're going with this um but tack has to make sure that he's in a good place to be able to handle this and he seems like he is i see little things here and there where um, where I feel like he's a little bit too hard on himself at times. He'll get very frustrated with himself if if a drill or a, a rep doesn't go perfectly the way that he wants it to. I don't know if that has anything to do with, uh, you know, to, with what's going on with him at all. But there are times where I see that he puts a lot of pressure on himself. I think he's a perfectionist. Um, but hopefully he can get himself to a point where uh, where he can make a go of this because, 
there's definitely some talent there as just a pure sort of speed rusher. And I think he can be disruptive as that number three defensive end. So I don't know if he'll play very much in this game. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to get him out there and see what he can do in some live action. Uh, but he's only been back for a couple of days of practice, so not sure if he's ready for that yet. I think they'll do everything they possibly can to keep him around, and then it's up to him to stay around. Um, moving to the secondary, um, does uh, does the emergence of uh, Richard LeCount and, and even to a certain extent Javante Moffitt make Sheldon Redwine a really, really big bubble guy? Well, Unfortunately for Sheldrick, uh, he suffered an ankle injury that really, really set him back. And that did enable the Javante Moffitts uh, to really kind of come to the forefront. So, yes, I think that does put Sheldrick Redwine on the bubble because of that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see. He needs, he's going to need to get out there and make a case for himself. It just didn't, it just didn't help him at all. Uh, Javante has just been out there every single day, really working hard. And, uh, you know, he, he's done a nice job. I don't know if they can afford to keep him. He's also a bubble guy. But, um, you know, but he certainly has been reliable this whole entire camp. Um, and then, you know, let me ask you this, uh, this, this as well. Um, when you're looking at this uh, in terms of young guys who could potentially be starters, it looks like, JOK, after his first game, it looked like he was going to get a lot of playing time, if not even move into that one of the roles, um, just the way he was acclimating himself. He's been injured the last couple of days, um, and, and so that may set him back a little bit. But who do you think uh, – do you think Greg Newsom has a, uh, a inside track on starting week one? Yes, you know what? I called that race last Sunday afternoon. I definitely called that race the minute that – Greedy Williams went out with a groin injury. That was it. It was Greg Newsom's job because they were in a, in a pretty tight race. Although Greg had the leg up at that point, still he's had a really nice camp. Greedy, good for him for coming back, working so hard, and and continuing to improve every single day. But Greg, your first round pick, uh, had had the leg up there, and when Greedy left the lineup with the groin injury, you know that's it. You can't you know, beat out a first-round pick for a starting job if you're not out on the football field. So Greg Newsom is going to start opposite Denzel Ward. You can take that to the bank. The team hasn't said that yet, but you can, you know, you can just take that from me. It's going to happen that way. Um, so that's that one. And then JOK, I think he was coming up the learning curve quickly enough and making enough of an impact that I think he was going to start in Kansas City. I predict that he would have started or I would have predicted he was going to start had he not suffered this weightlifting accident and now has stitches in his forehead that's going to keep him out of this game because he can't put a helmet on. Will that stop him from starting in Kansas City? I'm not sure yet. Uh, we have to see what happens when he gets back from, when everybody gets back from Atlanta and how the next two weeks go with him. Because here's the thinking on this. When you have a talent like that, yes, he's going to make some mistakes. He's a rookie. He's not always going to understand the run fits or be in the right place at the right time or have the vision to know uh, exactly what's happening on this next play, especially against a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and company. However, the athleticism is such that you want that on the field. You're talking about JOK, a potential first-rounder, versus Mac Wilson, their fifth-round pick, okay? 
I'm, I'm just telling you right now, the, his ability, he's the best blitzer on the team, J.O.K. is. His closing speed is exceptional. His vision, his instincts, he's a good football player. And for every one mistake you're going to get out of him, you're going to get two plays, two good and dynamic plays, and you never know what you're going to get out of those plays. Turnovers, forced fumble, sack. Um, so uh, if it were me, I would try to find a way to get JOK on that field as, as quickly as you possibly can. Appreciate it, Mary Kay. Thank you so much. You 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 came in with definitives today. You're like, take it to the <laughs> bank. I'm not playing with y'all. Take it to the bank. These things are going to happen. We'll make sure we get that up on the website. Thank you so much for spending a little time with me on Saturday. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. No doubt. Mary Kay Cabot on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.